This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Episode 547, Marketing Automation. One of my favorite topics. You know what? I've, I'm that old now where I still remember the time when people told me that automation um, undercuts authenticity, which is total baloney, quite frankly, right? Because if I'm sending you a message, I just scheduled a bunch of messages today internally, actually, because I don't want to flood people today. I want to flood them once a day. Um, my message is still the same. It's just not all at once. It's just not. It's spread out, right? I'm trying to be strategic about it. So there's nothing wrong with marketing automation. Nonetheless, people get it wrong. And I have proof because when I look at my inbox, some of the automation, automated messages that I get are horrible. The messaging sucks. The timing sucks. You would think they've never met a person in their life. But here to the rescue, Michelle Nedelec. She is with Awareness Strategies. So you can check them out um, on the web. I guess I don't even have the URL here, but we'll share that in a little bit with you. Awareness Strategies, Michelle Nedelec. And she'll share some tips with us on how do we do better marketing automation? How do we start it? How do we make sure it works? Um, and what if we get feedback um, that it's not working? So, Michelle, really happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I am super excited to be here. Thank you. We mastered the fist bump. That's the only and first and only hurdle on this show. I uh, really I appreciate you coming on. So uh, you, you certainly heard my rant just a little bit there. And, you know, there's a lot of people that get automation wrong. And I, you know, I think you and I have only communicated through my automation because I'm pretty sure every email I've sent you, except maybe the first one, has been automated. Just remember, we have a podcast tomorrow. Just remember, I want to start promoting it tomorrow. If you have a different headshot, send it to me. Um, do you know, like I don't do any of that manually anymore. That's triggered by time and 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 when we're going live and those things. But what are you seeing out there? What's working with automation and where are people struggling? Well, and it is a colossal issue, as you know, and I think as everybody knows when they open up their email. And it is so true. I think a lot of people correlate automation with let's just put it out there. And the difference is they need to back up the bus and go, okay, who is my ideal client? Who am I talking to? How am I talking to them? How am I getting their interest? And is it really interesting to them? So a lot of people think that if I just put something out, it's good enough. And done is the new perfect. I will give you that. But then you want to start looking at, okay, how do I improve it? So if we're looking at what kind of messages or what kind of things should I start automating, as you pointed out, it's the things that you do repeatedly that you, you just don't need to do every time the exact same way. So as my father used to say, if you do it once as an accident, twice as a mistake, three times it's a habit. Anything you've done three times or more, you can figure out how to automate it, whether it's doing it through a PDF, an image, a video, an email, anything like that, that you're doing repeatedly, a computer can do much more accurately 
they know exactly when to send it, how to send it, where to send it. Now, when people put the dates and times in, that's when the flaws start to happen. But if you allow people to do the things that they do well, which is somewhat flawed, it allows them to do the things that are spontaneous, the things that are creative, the things that are, are quote unquote, not perfect. <clears throat> people are awesome at being not perfect, which allows them to make conversations, which allows them to articulate their ideas spontaneously. Anything else, though, can be automated. And we've all seen it with Facebook profiles. When you go in there and you go, hey, I have a question. They go, here's our hours of operation. You would never do that to somebody in person. So there's no reason to do it automated. But what you can do even with Facebook business is, hey, I see you have a question. How can I help you? Or, hey, how can I help you? And they go, what are your business about? of hours of operation and then you give it to them and then it becomes more conversational. So as software is becoming more robust and able to have complex conversations, it allows us to then um, comply with that. The issue with that is that as soon as things get complex, most people will turn off and go, okay, I don't get it. I don't understand. And they don't have the wherewithal to go through it. And that's where we come in because we have techies that will go through, they test, they look at it. Does this make sense? This is a normal conversation. How do we refine it and and get into the details of if this, then that, which most people are allergic to? <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know what? It's a whole different level of thinking, right? And even back in my early in my career is I had a lot of um, email rules. And now I don't I barely use email, quite frankly, you know, because I'm very I'm working fairly internally, you know, at, at, at the company I work at. And it's all on Slack, right? So I email some, but not a lot, you know, not, I mean, because I'm, I'm mostly telling people internally, but I used to have a lot of rules on email. Here's what happens when this happens and whatever. And every once in a while, something wouldn't work. And you were like, why is it not working? And of course, it's not because um, it's not working. It's not working because I did a wrong trigger somewhere, right? So I got to <laughs> figure out what that is. Or one word meant something different and I misinterpreted it, for example. But when you talk about automation, so when you do things more than three times, so that's what I've done with this podcast, right? I send out reminders automatically after the show. They get another reminder. Here's where the show is, whatever. Um, and that's automated, right? My SEO, I just got the um, the Wincher, I think it's Wincher uh, plugin on my, my blog, ChristophTrap.com. And it automates everything for me. In fact, it sends me emails when a keyword goes up and down and when I've already used it and all these other things. And that works for me. But how do I decide when to start automation? Oh, before you answer that, the other thing I was going to mention, on AI, I've talked to way more chatbots in my lifetime, Michelle, that say crap to me like, I don't know what that means. Can you please rephrase? And I'm like, I'm literally using what anybody in North America would say in that instance. Uh, you need to learn my language. What are not, your hours? <laughs> right? What are your yeah. hours? Like, you should tell me. Uh, you should understand that. So how do we start? Where? Do, how do we know where to start with automation? And I mean, there's a cost involved, too. There, there is a cost involved. And with yeah. our clients, they tend to get to a certain size and... And they realize that they've they've piecemealed everything together and they create what I love to call Frankenware, where you have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and something's going on here. And then somebody does an update and then the whole system crashes and falls apart. That's when we step in and go, OK, this is your love affair with Frank is over. <laughs> we have to straighten out your systems. And so we tend to 
use more robust software that does a lot of things. It's very confusing to most people, but because we are the tech side of things and we're looking at it uh, from a tech perspective, that we can manage those systems for you. And granted, you want to be at a certain size to be able to do that, And but it's just when as an operator of your business, things are just becoming too cumbersome. You have to look at it, not what can I afford to pay for now, but what is my one-year plan? What's my five-year plan? How do I want to build this out? And how do I monetize on that? And that's what we help people do is we bring them in and we'll either work with them on a blueprint if they're a smaller company and they just need to get their tech straightened out, or if they're a larger company, meaning you know, kind of the one to $20 million phase, We'll take them through a roadmap, which will build out their five-year plan to help them to really structure what needs to be in place where. So my partner in business and pleasure, as we like to say, it has 40-some odd years of tech experience in the software development and the software project management side of things and being able to help businesses figure out what they really need to do from a software perspective in order to get the tasks done. So we've just brought that into small businesses so that they have the same kind of CIO resources that can look at the business and go, okay, here's how we need to start. Here's the hub. Here's how we're going to add things into it in order to make your life easier. Things like automating your, if you have a membership site and the credit card payments, that tends to be the bane of everybody's existence. Nobody wants to phone somebody and go, hey, your credit card's declined. (laughs) What do you want to do about it? You should really quit spending more money. Like, we don't want to have those conversations, right? We just want to email and says, hey, we've tried. Would you like to enter a new credit card number or a new expiry date? And they just click a button. They put in their info. They hit submit. It's done. Everybody's happy. That kind of automation can, one, save you, you know, 500 bucks a month from having to pay somebody to do that kind of stuff. That pays for your system right there. And then you add on top of it all the other amenities that it might be able to provide and you start looking at your business a little differently. Okay, how do we give people the jobs that they want to do, that they like to do, and give automation the jobs that it does really well 24-7, doesn't ask any questions and just runs on repeat. And when when we're looking at things like affiliate commissions, that one's a huge one that nobody wants to figure out and calculate. And you want to be able to know who gets paid what, when, where, how. The emails that you send out, you've already mentioned that a few times, that when we start looking at, if we're just delaying emails and somebody's bought something already and we're still promoting to them, it becomes really annoying. And we don't want to annoy our prospects. We want to give them their ideal journey. So we're looking at your ideal client's ideal journey so that you're honing in all of your attention, your time, your money into one single path for that ideal client. So that when we've got the perfect messaging, we've got perfect timing, we've got everything is working so that you're maximizing your conversion rate, then you can start to look at, okay, what else can I do in my business? But until that happens, people are throwing kind of the proverbial spaghetti on the wall, trying to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. When somebody with experience can come in and help you look at your marketing, look at your IT, and together we go, okay, here's what this plan is. Everything is focused on this for the next year. Let's go make some money. Let's go make this happen. And then from that place of more abundance, more money coming in, more profitability, then you have the ability to make more decisions to what else do you want to do as opposed to uh, what can we do? And everybody's hands are up in the air going, I don't know. I haven't figured this thing out. There's a software thing that does that. (laughs) 
So how, um, I, I mean, very interesting. And how do you, um, when it comes to automation and you make a plan, whether it's one year or three years, five years, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. how do you figure out what that should be? I mean, I'm just, I'll give you an example. And this yeah. is not even automation related, but just technology in general, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my girls play softball and we created Facebook pages for each of the teams. And the reason we did is so we could live stream the, the, the game to the Facebook page. It was by far the easiest way to do it, right? Yeah. And so now as they move up in the program, one is now, you know, moved up to a different team. And somebody said, are we creating a Facebook page? And I said, I don't think so. I think what we'll do is we'll just live stream to the Game Changer app, which is now a thing you can live stream and all the stats are in one thing, you know, but that wasn't a thing two years ago or even 18 <laughs> months ago. So stuff changes all the time. Talk to me about, I'm a big fan, like here's a, let's have a plan, high level plan, here's what we want to do, whatever. But how deep do we want to go when it comes to technology? Because by the time I get to six months from now, who knows what has changed? When I started this podcast, Michelle, forget about live streaming. That wasn't even in the discussion. It was way too difficult, way too hard, didn't make any sense. And now the thing is on TV and we're live streaming and, and go to regular podcast channels still, but it evolves so quickly. How do you how do you marry that as you're moving forward? Nice. Well, to answer your question, honestly, I don't. My partner does in business. That's why I leave all that stuff to the tech side. And I and I empathize with him because I think it is really difficult to be able to understand, especially as, you know, as we're aging and technology wasn't the thing that we were born with, it becomes more difficult to always be adopting something new. For the younger generation, they're just used to adopting something new. And this is new and cool and fat, fantastic. Off we go to the races. When it comes to business, there are certain fundamentals that you want to be able to have in place. And sometimes it makes sense to just pick and stick, as they say. So something as fundamental as your CRM. You want to know that your clients are at the center of your business, not the transactional analysis. Because if your CRM and your technology is transactional based, you're going to be spending the most amount of money to acquire clients and you're not going to be uh, maximizing your profitability. If your CRM is... Uh, client concentric, then it is going to be able to profit on the back end of what your clients will upsell, downsell, because that's where your profit margin is most often. And it's easier to be able to upsell, downsell to a, an existing client than it is to a new person. So it's fundamental business decisions that you want to make like that, as opposed to a baseball team that's going to be here and gone in the season, which is fine. Then you just go everybody's hands in on that software awesome. When it comes to business, you want to stay in business for five, 10 years. You want to have that longevity. So you want to be making different decisions based on what is the long-term plan? How do we create more profit? And you really want to have experts in that industry to be able to come in and consult with you on what's happening and have those people that are, you know, they're constantly looking at the software that what's the new thing that can solve this problem better, faster, more integrated. They're looking Tech people are usually looking at the new software from a completely different angle than the users are. So, for example, TikTok, <laughs> right? When TikTok came on the planet, it's like, hey, I can sit here and watch cat movies all day. And this is fantastic and awesome. From a tech perspective, we're looking at it as, OK, how do we one, how do we get the business message out in 30 seconds or less? Is this going to create enough enticement for somebody to actually take action on it and drag them out of that? 
adrenaline junkie kind of phase in order to go and make a buying decision. Is this where my audience is hanging out? Like we're just asking different questions about it as opposed to could we put videos on TikTok? Well, of course we can, but is it an effective use of our time and effort and money? Well, and also it depends how you can automate it, right? I mean, this video production is getting so much easier nowadays. I mean, I can, like in Canva, I can resize something in two seconds. I'm I'm this old. This is the episode where I'm going to tell everybody how old I am, I guess. But, you know, I remember times when we had to have cheat sheets on our computers, what size everything should be for the different networks. In Canva, you just go click, 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 Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and it does it. So, uh, and of course, when it comes to TikTok, uh, I just heard the other day, now people are searching on TikTok like it's Google. So if I'm the person who has a video on, on, on TikTok, like let's say I'll take uh, 30 seconds of this show and I put on TikTok and say marketing automation basics, somebody searching for marketing automation, they might, we might show up. Not sure that I would personally search for that on TikTok, but in theory. Um, well, you know. and that comes back to, you know, your reliable sources. And I'm sure in about six months, we probably will be. It, because it has kind of the same background as YouTube. Once upon a time, YouTube didn't have the notoriety and credibility that Google did, which kind of sounds weird. But then all of a sudden it passed it because it became the search of, I want to know how to do this and I want to watch somebody doing it. I don't want to read a book on how to do the thing. So how to do the thing became YouTube's um, magic place. And oftentimes in business, we're not thinking about that either, is that even though we have an intention of what we're going to go out and do, like Amazon, we're going to go out and sell books. But then all of a sudden, an opportunity comes around and now it's the number one seller of everything. There is nothing, I don't think, other than maybe plutonium or something that you can't find on Amazon. You can buy anything there. And it's just having the foresight of being able to, okay, this is what we're doing and this is how we want to do it. And when opportunity comes, how are we going to shift with that? And then it still comes back to the basic business of, say, Amazon was delivery. They made their smarts on how do we make delivery as fast and easy as possible? How do we automate this whole system? And if you've ever had the pleasure of seeing one of their um, warehouses, it is magic. <laughs> it's automation magic. And they took a simple concept of delivering books to then delivering anything and everything. And sometimes now you think about it and gets delivered to your front door, which is kind of weird and creepy, but they have the technology in place to be able to support that. And the same thing happens in our businesses. We want to understand the fundamentals of business, not what's the fastest, easiest way to do it right now, but what is the foundation of what we do? And then we can make those pivots when they when the opportunity arises. So Amazon certainly has become the go-to for me as well and part of their Amazon influencer program. And so anything I can buy on Amazon instead of somewhere else, I'll buy it there if it's for the only reason so I can do a video about it later. And then, you know, <laughs> products sometimes pay for themselves or more. Um, but that also reminds me, you mentioned affiliate commissions earlier. And my philosophy is anybody that reaches out to me, they want to pay me in commission. Um, I'm not interested, like at all, honestly, because just by, I mean, unless it's Amazon. Not even right? Amazon? That's very different. Not even your clients? On, Am on, on, Amazon, <laughs> on Amazon, I will take commissions. But anybody else, unless they have a rock star system that works well, like absolutely no. And most of these companies don't. They want to do it by hand. They want to do it whatever. And I just don't have the time to, to you know, it takes cost me more time to, to, to verify what you sent me is correct. Um, 
but how do we how do companies get there and then once they actually do it you talked i think you hinted that a little bit is you still have to supervise the computers that are automating our tasks do you not or how does that look Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you look at Amazon's warehouse, there's still managers managing the software, making sure that everything's going appropriately. And and that when there is something going awry, that somebody's there to look at it and go, okay, why did that go awry? And how do we um, fix that? The issue isn't, do we still have to maintain it? It's more, who do we get to maintain it? And if somebody was looking at it like, hey, Mary Beth, come over here. Can you go and check this out and see what happens? you're probably not going to get the same results as if you're looking at somebody that understands computer systems and going, hey, can you look at this and see why this went awry? And the exact same thing happens within our business. So to your point on affiliate marketing, if somebody is doing things by hand, like, hey, I'll set up a web page. And if anybody goes there and then that whole process becomes manual. So that's not an automated process. Whereas if you have the right systems in place and we happen to use a product called Keep Max Classic, which is formerly Infusionsoft, which is one of the most robust systems next to Salesforce. But Salesforce is for companies with over 100 employees. They they are the kind of forefathers of that um, space. And in the small business space, Infusionsoft or Keep Max Classic is still kind of the most robust system. Automatically takes care of those affiliate pages and the linking, and you can customize it as to how you want it. Uh, to track people and, you know, first found, last found, whatever it was, all of these business decisions come back to what's the software you're using? Is it integrated? Is it actually automated? Or are you including manual processes because you have so many add-on pieces of software that it's not an integrated system? And that's where things start to fall apart. And frankly, one of the reasons why we want to look at doing a discovery call with somebody like us to be able to say, hey, this is what we got going on. How do we fix this? And you're not going to a VA and going, hey, can you take this stuff off my plate and figure out how this works? You're going to a professional that understands how business operates, how to marketing operates, how digital marketing operates, and then how the tech can fit into that. So there's a lot of specialties into one. And when you have the ability to bring that into your business, it just makes sense to do so. You know, what I also like about talking to people is um, – everybody has slightly different strategies, right? Uh, so for example, my strategy, I'm not a podcaster, even though the podcast is pretty successful, but I tie it all in with live streams, right? And, and, and articles and now TV, which is why we're at 26 minutes. Um, but when people pitch me, they only see the podcast ad, right? And it's an immediate no, because they're trying to sell me a cookie cutter thing that may or may not work for me. If I'm only a podcaster, but I'm not a podcaster, right? I'm doing those things combined. So unless you consider those, I'm not your target market or I can't buy what you're trying to sell because, you know, at the end of the day, that's not what I'm doing. Um, right. I would recommend to everybody to listen to the episode a little while back with Scott Brinker. He talked about when do you decide to bundle or not to bundle technology. Awarenessstrategies.com is the website. I've been meaning to say that for the last 20 some minutes, but uh, tell us again, why do people reach out to you uh, I think you mentioned some of those things, but like a, a one-minute spiel here on, on uh, who should reach out, when, at what time in their, their journey. Absolutely. So if you're a business owner and your technology is kind of getting out of hand, and you're like, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to build this out for the next year or the next five years, uh, absolutely connect with us. If you go to awarenessstrategies.com, there are a bunch of assessments there. So depending on where your area of 
uh, Falter seems to be, you can specialize in those, whether it's the business essentials or your tech assessments. And there's a few other ones there. Um, there's a website audit, which is super cool to be able to go in, just put your website in, and it'll give you back a 30, 40 page report on your backlinks, what's going right, where Google's stopping you. So if you're not getting the online traffic that you're looking for, that's an excellent place to start as well. And basically at the end of those, if you're still wanting to look at kind of how does this help me build my business, absolutely book a discovery call with me. I'm happy to answer any questions you have and actually strategize with you. And you can take that away with your team or you can look at whether or not we're a good fit or I may have some suggestions on who might be a good fit for you because we do like affiliate marketing. <laughs> I get, I have 100% uh, closing because I know somebody that can help you if it's not us. Well, you know what, I'll say this just to clarify or expand on my earlier comment. I love affiliate marketing when it's working. What I <laughs> drives me great, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon. I love you. Uh, your live streaming program and, and, and uh, influencer program has been fantastic. But it drives me crazy when people can't do automation correctly, when they waste my time. I'm not a math person. I just show me the numbers. If they look wrong, I'll argue with you. Um, now, one last thing is you, may, you mentioned credit cards earlier, and um, I literally sign up for a credit card because their automation is better than another because it sends me a notification the second uh, it gets used or swiped, even if it doesn't get swiped, uh, which is way better than getting it when it posts because when it posts, that could be three days later, you know, so it's super, super helpful um, to have that figured out. Uh, Michelle, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate you sharing your insights. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.